Good morning and welcome to our worship service. We're glad that you're present today. If you're visiting, as always, we invite you to come back and be with us. We're grateful for your presence. As always, we invite you, if you're looking for a church home, to consider the work here. We would love to have you come and be a part of the work of the church in this community. I do want to remind you of the great day next Sunday. The theme of our great day, starting over. It might be the case that you know someone that needs a new start. We invite you to tell your friends, your family members, your neighbors about our service next week. We're going to have a potluck immediately after our morning worship. And then we'll have a brief singing. And then at the conclusion of that, we will have another service at 2 p.m. And we've got two young men that are going to be speaking next Sunday afternoon, Kirk and Drew. And so, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, this will be the first time they've spoken. And so I know you'll want to be present for that. And we want to encourage them, and our young men are going to lead our service next Sunday afternoon. And so we invite you to stay and be a part of that. I do want to also wish all of you a happy Valentine's Day. And guys, if you haven't gotten your significant other something, and hopefully and prayerfully you have, but if you haven't, I would encourage you, if you want things to go well at home, you better get busy. Or it's going to be a long year. We're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to be talking about how life is not just about the here and now. Sometimes that's difficult for us to fathom because we live in a visual, materialistic, physical world. And so oftentimes we think about life as it is on planet earth and nothing else. The decisions that we make obviously have a bearing on life, not just now, but later. Sometimes the decisions that we make in life can have a tremendous impact on us down the road. And so I want us to look at the life of Moses very briefly. He made a series of choices in life. And there was a reason why he made the choices that he did. And so we're going to be talking about that in just a moment or two. I invite you to look at Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to be looking specifically at verse 24 and following. First thing I want to call attention to, the basis for the choices that he made in life. What was the catalyst? What was the driving force behind the choices that Moses made in life? Let me just sum it up in one word, faith. The decisions, the choices that he made in life were all faith-driven. There are reasons for that. Number one, Moses was governed by faith in life. Back in chapter 11, in verse 1, the writer said, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, 
the evidence of things not seen as yet. Faith gives substance to that which is not seen. It's not some type of blind faith, but there are reasons why we believe. When I look at the life of Moses, I think about how his life was governed by faith in Almighty God. And then I think about how he was guided by faith. Notice, notice if you would, in chapter 11, very quickly, listen to what is said in verse 24. By faith, Moses. Note, if you would, verse 27. By faith, he forsook Egypt. Verse 28. By faith, he kept the Passover. Verse 29. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea. Everything about Moses could be summed up by faith. Moses was a man who was governed by faith and he was guided by faith. How does faith come? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 that we walk by faith and not by sight. And therein lies the challenge of life. We're so accustomed to making decisions based on what we can see, what we hear. We're accustomed to making decisions and sometimes doing so without faith. And yet, when you look at the life of Moses, here's somebody whose life was governed and guided by faith. Faith in Almighty God. Listen to what the writer said back in verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to be pleasing to Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So it's all about faith, faith in Almighty God. And I think about as I look at the life of Moses, the catalyst, that driving force behind the decisions that he made time and again, it all goes back to that one word called faith. There is a second thing I want you to consider as we talk about the life of Moses and the fact that life is not always about the here and now. It's not about what you can see. It's not about what you hear sometimes, audibly speaking. So in looking to the life of Moses, I see somebody who was living by faith. But there is a second thing I want you to consider, and that has to do with the boldness in the decisions, the choices that he made in life. Sometimes it takes a lot of grit, courage, determination in the choices that we make in life. Sometimes we make choices, and those choices are very difficult to make. And we have to weigh them out. We have to give great consideration to those choices. So again, when you go back and you look at it from the perspective of faith, and we're talking about living by faith, listen, if you would, to what is said in verse 24. In light of his great faith in God, there were some decisions that Moses made in life that were not easy. As a matter of fact, there were some things that he said no to 
for many people would have been very, very difficult. Let me just begin by citing verse 24. Moses said no to the prestige of the world. Here's what the record says. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now you remember the account back in Exodus chapters 1 and 2. The children of Israel were in bondage. They were suffering immensely. The children of Israel were growing and multiplying and Pharaoh feared the vastness in terms of the multiplication of the Hebrew people. So he made a decree. Every male that was born would be cast into the river. There was one child, one male child, that did not get thrown into the river to die. That was Moses. He was placed in a small ark at the side of the river. Pharaoh's daughter, washing in the river, saw this ark, sent one of her maidens who retrieved it, and you know the story. Providentially, this child was placed into the hands of his biological mother, and she raised him in the court of Pharaoh. Here is a guy that would later turn his back on all of that. Luke tells us in chapter 7, in about verse 23, with regard to Moses, that he was learned in all the wisdom of Egypt. He was mighty in words and deeds. Can you imagine growing up in the palace, living the life of royalty, living as a, as a prince, in the palace, the prestige, the honor that would come with that. And yet, the Bible tells us that when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. There have been people in days gone by that have walked away from lucrative careers. They've walked away from fame, fortune, because of their faith. So here was a guy that made a decision, a very difficult decision, but it was based on faith. There's a second thing Moses said no to, and that had to do with the pleasures of the world. Listen to verse 25. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing Pleasures of sin. Now, the footnote is the temporary pleasures of sin. Did you know that sin can be fun, exciting, that it can bring pleasure to your life? I would be lying if I told you any differently. But what you have to understand is not everything that is fun, exciting, and pleasurable is right. Does God want us to be happy? Absolutely. Is God interested in my well-being physically, mentally, and spiritually? Yes, sir. God is, God is on board on all of those things. 
But there are certain things that we can do, and there are certain things that we are prohibited from doing. Moses made a conscious decision. Rather than enjoying the passing, the temporary pleasures of sin, he identified himself with the people of God. Sometimes in doing that, there are repercussions. I know that from time to time we talk about our young folks here. When you get to a certain age, it's difficult to reason with people. When you get old in life, you get settled in your ways. That's why Solomon said, remember now your creator in the days of your youth. I want our young people to know that drinking and drugs, while it might be fun and exciting, can bring a lot of heartache and misery to life. And there are young people that have gotten addicted to those things. And so as a result, rather than it being a life of fun and happiness and joy, it's a life of misery. Sometimes people have a monkey on their back and they can't get over it. I was talking to David a while back, David Irvin. And David has talked about his struggles with addiction. And David has told me in talking to him about his past, I said, I know that it can be a daily struggle. He said, no, you need to understand. It's not just a daily struggle, and I'm talking about drugs here. He said, it is sometimes an hourly struggle. Let me tell you what, you don't want that type of struggle. Do you remember what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4? Neither give place to the devil. You'll never have a problem with alcohol if you don't try it. You'll never have a problem with, with pot or cocaine or heroin or anything else along those lines if you don't try it. But somebody has to tell you, stay away from that stuff. It's a dead-end street. I know the world says it brings happiness and it's fun and exciting, but let me tell you what, there are a lot of lives that have been destroyed by alcohol and drugs. And while they may offer temporary satisfaction and happiness, it's a dead-end street. There is a third thing that we find Moses said no to. He said no to the prosperity of the world. In verse 26, the Bible says that he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Can you imagine that? Here's somebody that walked away from the palace, from all the treasures in Egypt. Now, you go back and you look at history. It is absolutely amazing at the wealth in Egypt. We talk about their wealth, their knowledge, all of the things that, that they were so well known for. And here's a guy that said, you know what, I don't need any of that. It's not easy. Does God care about our financial situation? God's concerned about us as human beings. 
There's nothing wrong with having money or material goods as long as those things don't control us. Sadly, sometimes people get so enamored with the prosperity of the world, they forget about God. You remember in Luke chapter 12 when Jesus said, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. What he's saying is, look, life's not all about what you wear, what you drive, where you live. There's more to life than that. As a matter of fact, when you read about the parable that Jesus told in that context, he talked about the ground of a certain rich man that brought forth plentifully. His barns were exploding. Business was good. And so he said, I'm going to pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all of my goods and my crops. And then you know what his attitude was? Eat, drink, and be merry. Enjoy life. Here's what Paul said. Those who are minded to be rich fall into a temptation and snare and many foolish and hurtful lust, which drown men in destruction and perdition. He backed that up by saying, we brought nothing into this world. It is certain we can carry nothing out. I was reading this past week about some of the pharaohs of Egypt. One of the greatest finds in Egypt was the tomb of King Tut. And you talk about all of the treasures that were buried with these pharaohs. All of the superstitions that surrounded death and the next world. And so they bury these, these pharaohs with all these treasures. Guess what? Those treasures were just where they left them. The pharaohs didn't use a single thing, did they? What's Paul saying? Paul is saying, look, you came into this world with nothing. And I can assure you, you will leave with nothing. Paul would say, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, which some men, having gone after, have strayed from the faith. They have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So he said no to the prosperity of the world, and then there was a fourth thing he said no to. The pressures of the world. Listen to what he said. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. You recall as Moses grew and got older in life, he took the life of an Egyptian. When word got out, the text says he fled Egypt, went to Midian. He had to make some choices in life. We talk about the pressures of the world. There is the pressure to conform. Think about what Paul said in Romans chapter 12. He said, be not conformed unto this world, but rather be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think about the pressures that come. We're trying to live a Christian life in a godless world. We are living in a world of spiritual darkness. 
And we're trying to somehow make our way through this world. And we've got all these pressures and all these temptations and all these allurements. And so we've got to make calculated decisions. How do we make those decisions? Based on what we see, based on what we think, based on how we, how we feel? We better make them on faith. We better make faith our guide. Again, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The psalmist said, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my pathway. We're taking the word of God and we're trying to guide our way through this darkened world. And we understand that there are going to be pitfalls and difficulties and trials and tribulations and all these things that we face in life. We understand that there are going to be pressures from without. Moses said no to the pressures of the world. A lot of pressure. The devil wants us to identify with the world. Solomon said, my son, if sinners entice you, here's what he said, do not consent. Paul said, evil companionship corrupts good habits. So, now there's a third thing I want you to see in our study. We talk about the basis of, for the choices he made in life, the boldness in the choices he made in life. What about the blessings in the choices that he made in life? Were there blessings that came to this man because of the choices that he made? My answer would be yes. There are a couple of things you need to see. The first thing that stands out to me, here is a guy who was absolutely focused in life. What do I mean when I say he was focused? Well, listen again to what he said. Go back in order to get the full meaning of what we're talking about. Look again at verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Here was a guy that was focused. Focused on who? Focused on what? God he saw him who is invisible. Again, the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. Here's a guy whose focal point was God. Now, drop down and look at chapter 12. What about the focus in our lives? In chapter 12, the writer said, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, he's pointing back to chapter 11, and all these great men, all these great people of God that live by faith. He said, since we're... Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now listen to him in verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. What's he saying? He's saying you better keep your eyes on the Lord. You want to get to the promised land, you better keep your eyes on the Lord. You want to get through life faithfully? Do you want to get through life successfully? Keep your eyes on God. 
You look at how Moses navigated himself through life. Well, what was that driving force? It was his faith. And here's a guy who is focused in life. And then what about finishing life? Did you know that at some point in time, there will be a conclusion to the life that you're living? We talk about coming to the end of a book, and it says, the end. We are all facing the end. Moses faced it. Go back and read the record in the book of Deuteronomy. Moses died at the age of 120. God buried him in an unknown grave. So we talk about somebody who is living by faith, but back up and look at chapter 11. Note, if you would, verse 13. The writer's talking about these people who lived or conducted their lives in faith. Verse 13. These all died in faith. Would Moses have been numbered among those people who died, by, who died in faith? Absolutely. Did he live by faith? Yes, he did. Did he die in faith? Absolutely. He said, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were assured of them, embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. He said they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. When it's all said and done, the smoke clears, and your life's over, what will the focus have been? What will have been the focal point? What will be said about you? It's all over with. Will you finish well? When you finish your course here on planet Earth, will it be said of you, you lived by faith? Will it be said of you that you died in faith? Let me tell you what, if you don't live by faith, you won't die in faith. If you don't live by faith, and you don't die in faith, this life as we know it will not have been a success. I don't care what they say about how high you climbed in the corporate ladder. I don't care what they say about how much money you accumulated or how much, how much land you owned, what kind of automobile you drove, what kind of clothes you wore, all of that incidental life is not about the here and now it's about the hereafter Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that we do not look at the things which are seen but rather the things which are not seen he said the things which are seen are temporal the things which are not seen are eternal here's what he said chapter 5 verse 1 for we know that if the earthly house of our tabernacle, that is, this body, be dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. I want to encourage all of us, as we talk about navigating our, navigating our way through life, live by faith. The decisions you make, the choices you make in life, you make them on the basis of faith. And you stay focused and you finish well. Because ultimately, when it's all said and done, we want to be together in heaven, don't we? The Lord wants us to be together in heaven. Now, it might be that you're here today 
And you haven't even begun that Christian life. What do you need to do? Well, you need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. The Hebrew writer said, without faith it's impossible to be pleasing to Him. You've got to begin by believing in the Lord. Then you've got to repent of your sins, as Jesus talked about in Luke 13, 3. The Bible says that then you are to confess the name of Christ before others. Acts chapter 8, verse 37. Be immersed in water so that all your sins can be washed away. Acts 22, 16. When you do that, God puts you in His family. Acts 2.47 You live in hope of life eternal. Titus 1.2 And the Bible says that if you are faithful until death. In other words, if you finish well, you'll receive the crown of life. So, have you obeyed the gospel? Maybe you're here today, your life is not what it ought to be as a child of God. Maybe you've stumbled, fallen away, gone back into the world. If that's the case, could I encourage you to come home? Could I encourage you to come back, let us pray with you and for you, and God will abundantly pardon. 1 John 1, 9, as we stand and sing.